Hello and welcome back to Rebound with Resilience, a podcast dedicated to raise your resilience, mindset, and mental wellness. And on today's episode, we have the superstar reporter of CMI uh, News, not, oh, okay, Constance yeah, yeah. Lee. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> and welcome to Rebound with Resilience. Right. Of course, you, uh, Constance's voice. Yeah, this it is. Of right. course, she's played by um, Tiara. No, I know her as Chun Shu, but I know you guys probably know her as Tiara. Yup. You know, if you are mm-hmm. on social media often, you've probably seen her or recognize her voice. She's a content strategist at SGAC where she produces, writes, and acts in videos. I don't produce, I write and act. And then okay. sometimes direct. Yeah. Direct, right. Okay, that was it's horrible hosting right there. Thanks for correcting fine. me. Tiara, I appreciate that. But anyways, okay. um we have we have known each other for Seven years, right? Since uh, yeah. 18, well, that's, that's quite a while. But and, this is uh, like our longest conversation. Yes! This is going to be our longest <laughs> conversation. Because, uh, I mean, we attend the same church. But uh, mm-hmm. Carol always goes home after service. So, we, we <laughs> actually know. Like, but the, you don't even turn up for half the services, you know? No, I, I do. So, I do. It's just that I really? do go home. Okay. Yeah, I do, I do. It's just that I go okay. home after that as well. Yeah. But uh, do you do you actually remember how we first met? I remember it was a youth camp, right? Okay. Was it? Yeah, youth camp in twenty thirteen. Then it was like right after A levels. I remember youth camp started right after A levels, which is why yeah. I even said yes. Um, cause our mutual friend Esther decided to bring me to church via the youth camp. Right. Uh, so I was like, sure, you know, cause A levels and that. I can basically do anything I want. Why not go for this camp? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but Kevin wasn't there for most of it. He was just there for one night. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So like, <laughs> story, like, I always remember that day. You know why? Because I was supposed why? to, I was, yeah, so I was supposed to lead the youth camp technically. But after oh. my interviews, yeah, I actually had some issues, right? My mental health. So I was hospitalized for a while. And that day that I went out, right, I actually was discharged. Mm-hmm recently mm-hmm. so that was the day i remember i was wearing a gray shirt and i came just to visit for one night i remember the gray shirt yeah right okay, yeah, yeah I, I remember it i remember it <laughs> i don't know how i remember it but yeah i remember it's it it's crazy and my brother was leading a youth camp at that time if you remember he was like a camp guy that was giving instructions right i think so yeah but it was crazy i mean i remember it because we have in a way kind of come a long way lah i would say yeah you know and and uh you know, I mean, of course, you guys know uh, Tiara is as a polished, refined performer. But behind that, it's really a lot of hard work and ups and downs. And yes, today we're going to explore your story. It's the first time on the podcast. I hope I do you justice. <laughs> right? I hope I do your podcast justice. No, no, nobody's listening to that. No, okay. I mean, for the people okay. that are listening, I hope we do them justice. So we're just going to explore a little bit about Tiara's story, you know, like how she discover the passion and how she kind of it's pursued so it to where to she hear is you today. call me Tiara. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird, right? I mean, yeah, I have to lah. Yeah, I have to it's weird. Too, right? They yeah, don't know who Chinchu is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's what people in church know me as. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay. So yes, we are, you'll be known as Tiara today. And uh, yes, we're going to explore your student journey and of course eventually um, your time in SGAC, lah, how you handle the pressure of content creation. Because I would mm-hmm. assume that it's wow. Oh man, so many people watch your videos. It must be some form of pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, okay, we'll explore that later. Okay, so let's just begin with uh, maybe your life as a student. You know, like, so back okay. then, do you already, like, do you already enjoy, like, performing? Or was it not a priority for you? Okay. How were you, like, so, how, how, how was I, like, as a student? Yeah. I was a very, very nerdy, goody-two-shoes student. Mm. Like, that was my identity. Um, I was known as the person who would always get good grades in primary school, in secondary school. And then, also because I started out that way, and then it slowly, it became all I knew how to do. <laughs> so to me, it was like, it's drilled into your head that I need to, it's drilled into my head that I need to get good grades mm. for my future. Right. So... That was really completely everything that I focus on, just mm. getting good grades. And also, you have the like social, like when, when you're 
growing up, you always have, it comes with your own fair share of like social issues, like, mm-hmm. like socializing, like, you know, um, having yeah. friends, making friends, worrying about what other people think of you, all that also, la, but I was really, first and foremost, just super focused on my studies. Right. And then, yeah, the, so the performing thing is interesting, like, um, as far back as I can remember, right, I was always um, try to imitate things that I see on TV. Wow. In the mirror. Yeah. So mm. if let's say like I watch okay, so like let's say I watch high five, right? I'll try to sure. sing and dance along. So now I imagine that I have my own I'm on a stage, but the stage oh. is my living room and imagine that the audience people sure. but it was just things I did for fun. Like I'll, I'll watch and sing along and dance along to high five for fun. I would I would spend ages right in the toilet, right? Because I'm looking at my reflection right. and trying to imitate whatever I just saw on TV just now. Really? I try to like oh, yeah, but, but all this I, I okay, I I don't you don't remember? Wow. Well, as long as you can. I remember, I was really, really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years, years old, I, right? really yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would have my own like imaginary uh, performances in the living room, also because mm. I was an only child. Sure. So it was a way of like how I entertained myself. But I never thought of it as something that would go anywhere. Um, career, yeah. Okay. It's just something that I did for fun. Like naturally, that would that is what okay. I, I like to do. And you're still doing it now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So it really, yeah. It's pretty amazing. But there was a side that I kept like, like suppressed. You know, like, yeah. like I, I never told anyone that, that I would, I would. I mean, maybe my parents know that I would, I would have these like, yeah, like yeah. what kids, your parents uh, made up shows. Like, we just thought there was a, it was a, it was a normal thing for kids. Uh, like little girls like to like to sing and dance and pretend to have their own shows, sure. right? And then, yeah, I think also my my primary school didn't have a drama club when I was there. So it, I couldn't really develop this this side of me, and I I didn't really have an avenue to to channel this this passion for performing apart from like ballet. Right. Okay. Yeah, but that was a small part of it. And it was it was I didn't really get to. Act or yeah. So there wasn't any formal like classes or anything like that, now. I I had like one or two like those Chinese uh. Uh, 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 speech. Okay, I have a bit both English and Chinese speech and drama classes, but they were very. I I didn't. I don't know why, but I didn't really enjoy them that much. For some reason, um, I felt like I was maybe also because I'm an introvert. But then in those classes, you're forced to, to 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 work with strangers, and you're forced to to act perform for strangers also. Okay. So at that point, I was very young. And I didn't. I felt uncomfortable then. The primary school. Uh it? no, before primary school. Oh, okay, before the primary school. yeah, there was yeah up up till it lasted up until I was like around eight years old. Sure. Okay, so I mean, it was it was just suppressed lie, You know, it wasn't something that you pursued or your parents didn't think of it seriously. Like, hey, you know, Tiara actually yeah. <laughs> weird. Tiara. Tiara has a, <laughs> a, you know, a talent for this. You know, they didn't really occur yeah. to you. How your parents like? Were they also quite focused on your grades? Did they put pressure on you to kind of perform in school? Mm. Or were they more relaxed? Like they just they were they were yes they were very focused on my grades, especially my father. <laughs> uh, I I re- okay yeah yeah I grew up I had quite a lot of us okay. I think it grew to a point that initially I was I was pressured yeah. to do and the pressure came from them initially mm-hmm. and then slowly as I knew and and associated myself with the identity of getting good grades mm-hmm. I put that stress on myself okay sure to the point where they would know that I am stressing myself and they know okay that I don't need to stress her because she is stressing herself okay <laughs> yeah right so like the pressure was internalized like, after a while because of society, because of the environment you were in. Then slowly you just realize that, okay, I, I need to do well. Like Tiara is mm. a straight A student or at least one of the yeah. top performers. So can I say that like in secondary school, like, your main source of stress was just getting good grades? Or was it was there any other main stresses in secondary school? Um Okay, in secondary school, okay, so I spent uh sec one and sec two. Yeah, I spent sec one and sec two in in a different school from sec three and sec four because sec three and sec four yeah, because I went for integrated program. 
So I, I in in VJ. So I spent sec three, sec four, J one, J two in VJ, and uh, okay. So my time in the sec one, sec two secondary school, right? That one, okay. I had I the stress did come from getting good grades, but it also came from the social aspect because from primary school when I'm in primary school, I had this very solid group of friends sure. that I always hung out with. And like we spent so many years together. Then when we moved to a new school, mm. I remember it's a group of four of us. And all four of us, we did go to the same school, but we all went to different classes. Right. And then going to different classes, um, I realized that I was by myself again in this, in this new environment. And then all of them could make friends very easily in okay. their different classes. And for me, honestly, I think looking back, I think it was like luck. It really depends on the luck. Uh, like like how the the type of people that you're grouped with in a class because it's random, right? <clears throat> yeah. So it's like uh, uh, if you're very lucky, you might be put in the same class with people that you can click with. Mm. If you're not, then then it's a bit harder for you to find friends. Uh. So for me, uh, yeah, I found it a bit hard to adjust to secondary school life. I remember I was 13 years old and I remember people in class, uh, for me at that time, they were... If you're from my secondary school, that was exactly because you're watching this. I'm sorry, that was me back in, in when yeah. I was 13. I mean, it's just authentic for me, experience, right? Back then, I mean, I'm yeah, not like pointing out anybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they were either I found that they were either too quiet or they were too quiet or, or too noisy. Okay. So I couldn't find in between. Like that, I would try. No, I really try my best to like try and make friends with like different groups of people. So yeah. there'll be this. I think like when I started school, there there would be these people who. You ask them something, then they reply like you ask them one thing, then they reply one thing. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, I cannot continue this conversation. <laughs> we have another group of people. We are like super out there, right. and then I, I feel like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, yeah, cause, too yeah, cause for they're me, always, I like, <laughs> yeah, I go to Sorry? school. I mean, I go to schools to to to, to teach quite often, right? Like, it's my life, uh-huh. and there's always always different bunch of students like you mentioned, right? Different cliques, yeah. ring leaders. And the ringleaders yeah. will always have to show their dominance and show their strength in a way, either through their gestures, through their, you know, their verbals, whatever. And so they were sometimes yeah. loud. La. Correct. So it took me a while to find like a group of friends that I could, I could click with. Yeah. And I remember being so insecure about not being able to find my clique of people in sec one. Mm. So I did this very stupid thing and I made up a schedule in my head. So like, like I say, Okay. Monday and Wednesday, I will go for recess with my primary school friends who are from okay. other classes. Okay. Then like, maybe Tuesday, I join this group. Then Wednesday, I join, uh, Thursday, yeah. I join another group. That wow. kind of thing. Because okay. I didn't want to... Because I didn't want to be the extra one that keeps tagging along to this okay. one group. And, and because they already like solidified their group. Then I didn't want to be the extra one that budged in and then try to worm my way in. Yeah, yeah. Quick wars. And, uh. and try to stick with this group forever, right? Yeah. So I was like, it can just be flexible. Lah. So I won't, I won't seem extra to any, any specific group if I just join them for one day a week. <laughs> mm. That was, that was me. Yeah, I found it like super was tiring. Odd, yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about that. Like, was it odd for you or was it tiring for you? It was, but, it was odd because as in, I, okay. I remember it being quite tiring because I had to try to join in a conversation with different groups of people. Sure. And then, but for me, I realized that I behave differently with different groups of people. So with the extroverts, if I'm surrounded by extroverts, I become the introverted one. Okay. If I'm surrounded by introverts, then I become the extroverted one. Right. And it's just, found, I found it because, because there wasn't this, this, this process of finding my group of friends. There wasn't any, right. uh, yeah, all of them, I, I, didn't fe- I didn't find any, there wasn't one group that was like right, right on my frequency. Sure. So, Okay. To spend multiple days with multiple groups that were not even on my frequency, it was yeah, very tiring. Yeah. But then I realized that I could click with people in my CCA. Okay. So mm-hmm. I started, but also, yeah, but the people in my CCA were, also, were from different classes. So mm-hmm. they also had their own groups of friends to hang out with during recess. So yeah. I, I only hung out with them during CCA times. Uh. Yeah, can I pause you for a while as well, right? Because <clears throat> like, I mean, yeah. students, you mentioned, right? Even research also mm-hmm. suggests that peer-to-peer relationships at that age is one mm-hmm. potential source of stress, like one major source mm. of stress, apart from studies yeah. and, and pressure from parents and yes. you know and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, I mean, they also have similar issues. I talk to them, like, I cannot fit in and stuff like that. You know, where do I find my place in this school, in this mm. class? And it can kind of weigh on their mind like, sometimes. But for yourself, like, how do you kind of navigate that? Or, you know, you were saying that you, you hung out with a CCA. Uh, so, okay, I did definitely find solace in my CCA. But also, but like I mentioned, they, I, I couldn't hang out with them during recess or during like other class stuff because they, were, they had their own people in their other classes. So, honestly, I don't know how, but like, I think after one year of struggling, I somehow managed to find my group of friends in class. It's like, just to kind of a pause and kind of give students like learning points because most people listening right. will be quite young, right? But I think, okay. I think you don't need to necessarily want to fit into everything. You know, some mm-hmm. students sometimes, like you mentioned, want to fit into different cliques and, and everything and yeah. be popular everywhere. But like for you, you kind of find that solace. You find that that identity in performing mm. and you explore it, you develop it. So it's okay. La. I mean, I, I always do... encourage students to just, mm. um, you know, you don't need to fit into every single place. You just find somewhere where you can be comfortable and, and excel in that sense. La. After that, so like... um. How did their interest in performing like develop after that? You know, when when did it start? Mm. And you know, how did you develop it? I know it coming towards the end of okay, so I remember this this very iconic moment in my life where I realized that I was not good in sports. And if I'm not good in sports, it means that I'm like my okay, so this was like it had a very weird like dichotomy in my head, which I think uh-huh. was put in place. Okay. By my mum. Because I remember in primary three, oh my, how, how do I remember these things? I don't even know how. Nice. But in primary three, there was this, um, we had like sports day, right? Then the teacher would just randomly assign people to the different sports day events based on how she just estimated everyone's like fitness level. Because she was also, my form teacher was also my, my PE teacher. <clears throat> then I realized that I was not put for any events. I was like, <laughs> that was very sad. Then I went home, then I, think I cried or something. Then I talked to my mother. Oh, wow. Then my mum was like, Ah, yeah, you know, if you're not good in sports, right, it's okay because you can be good in, in studies. Mm. So it's like, if you're not good in sports, it means you'll be good in studies or something like that. Sure. Then, yeah, yeah, it's such a, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's what she said. Then, what moms do. Correct, correct. Yeah. Like, you see, those people go in sports, or then later they, they, will, they will like abandon their studies, something like that. Mm. So then another time, uh, the teacher nominated some people to be in this uh, mini Toastmasters club. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so, okay, to this, to this moment, context, right? Give some context to the listeners, right? Toastmasters is like yes. a public speaking kind of club. So we practically go there and they teach you and analyze your speech and your gestures and everything with the mm-hmm. sole purpose of making you a better public speaker and a better person, huh? overcoming your fear as well. Yeah. yeah. So, that- so there was another CCA. There's a new CCA that just started. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher decided to nominate some people to join this mm. mini Toastmasters club. So I was one of them. Okay. And then, um, <clears throat> I remember it was the first time I spoke in public slash performed. I had, what? Okay, I honestly don't know how this information is coming back to me now. Like, I didn't even think mm. of it, but yeah, I just remember My first assignment in this mini Toastmasters club was to write a speech, uh, and, and imagine, imagine I'm like some kind of character from a movie or something, and then write a speech. Mm. So I imagine that I was, and then, and then make a mask. Mm. So you make a mask, like the art and craft aspect was to make a mask, and you wear the mask over yourself, sure. and then you make the speech. Right. On hindsight now, I realize, I think it's a teacher trying to make us less scared if we wear a mask. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Smart. <laughs> so I decided to be, I decided to be Stuart Little, <laughs> like the mouse. <laughs> Of all characters, your yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I have no idea. That I chose to, I don't know. I don't even know, I don't how, even know how I remember I, 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 I do. Exactly. I, I don't know how it came to my mind. Maybe I recently watched a movie or something. Okay. So I made a, a speech. I wrote this like, I wrote this like monologue. At the time, I didn't even know it was a monologue. I just wrote it in the style of like, like what I think Stuart Little will say. And mm. then I performed it. And then I realized that, oh, people actually responded like positively. Wow. And... Yeah, so I realized that this was something that I could sort of go into. Uh, mm. But then we didn't really have a drama club then, so I, I didn't yeah. really... I abandoned it. I abandoned this skill for a while because... Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, why did I, why did I when, stop when, being in mini when, when I think I was a prefect again? or something. Like, there was, this was in primary 4, primary 5. Ah, okay. So yeah. we're going a little bit back. 
Okay, but after you abandoned it in secondary school, you didn't really... Then, okay, so in secondary school, uh, it was... So, so secondary school, we could, like, so... Okay, so I went to Cedar Girls. Yeah. Shout out to all my Cedar Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Cedar Girls. Hey, Cedar, I don't know if they still make you do this now, but they had to audition for... Oh, yeah, I still cannot run. Like, I yeah, mean, you have to run, right? You have to run, like, 2.4. Yeah, we something. have to run. Yeah, yeah I we, still hate yeah, so running. We, we run. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, we run twice a week. On top of PE, I never understood that. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I, I, maybe they would just want to make us more healthy. I do think my seminar has improved thanks to my time at Cedar. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. Um. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So they made us audition for CCAs. So, uh, uh, I remember that you could choose what CCA to audition for. Uh, so if you get through the audition, then you get into the CCA. So I chose audition for English drama, Chinese drama, and dance. Mm. I don't know what happened. I got put into Chinese drama. But mm. I don't even <laughs> I, I don't even speak a lot of Chinese in daily life, but I got put into Chinese drama. Um yeah. so but but this was a group of people that I said I clicked with. Is even it? though I was the only one, yeah, yeah. The the was it even though I was the only one who's sorry? No, no, it's a horrible stereotype, but I just asked you whether the Chinese is good. Like, yeah, they were good in Chinese also. Good, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were good then. Yeah, then um but I was the only one who spoke English. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, tried, I tended okay. to speak English more often, even yeah. though, but then they, they spoke more Chinese, but yeah, yeah. I still found that I could click with them. Mm. So, yeah. And then it was through this very small, even though it was Chinese drama, but no, it was actually CLDDS. So it was Chinese mm. Literary Drama and Debating Society. So drama was just a small part. We did a lot of things like rice painting, <laughs> mm. a lot of Chinese cultural activities. And like calligraphy, so drama is just a small part of it. But even through the small, like like sessions that we had with drama, I further developed it, and then I, I realized yeah. that I had a, a talent for. So yeah. pre- previously, I thought it was just in my head that oh, hmm, I think I might be a good actor. But this was me in my toilet at home. But then yeah. now that I got to do it in front of peers, then I realized yeah. that okay, there there is some something there. Okay. So. And there was yeah. feedback as well, right? There were people that complimented you. Yeah. You know, either your instructor or whatever. So there was like external feedback validation and tell you that, yeah. hey, that, that could be a strength or a talent I can explore. Yeah, and then and then okay, so the thing is I keep abandoning abandoning it and then coming back to it. So when I moved to I was in CLDDS from like set one, set two. Yeah. Then when I went to VJ in set three, I joined dance. Because I remember people were, they were looking for dancers and then they were like, they wanted to form their own SYF team and really hoping for people with ballet background to join them. So I joined yeah. dance in SEC 3. And then SEC 4, I saw this. So this was my first brush with English drama. And then they were putting out this casting call. They were casting for Rapunzel, but it was a parody mm-hmm. of Rapunzel. Okay. And then I remember like, this is something that I really, really want to audition for, but I don't even know whether... Okay, no, I didn't even know whether I wanted to go for it in the first place. Okay. I, I was just... So I, I didn't yeah. know whether to go for it or not. Okay. I'm so was sorry, that, this podcast what, might take a while. <laughs> I'm going through so much detail. No, it's okay. So sorry? that's what a podcast is okay, for, okay. right? I mean, they don't okay, have to listen okay. to it too bad for them. <laughs> just, okay. They can, they can, you can, edit one, it they can do a 1.25 yeah, yeah, yeah. speed and 1.5 speed. Yeah. That's, that's how the podcast usually okay, okay. goes. Yeah. So, I, I do find that, yeah. Like, like, so what worked for me was if you kind of listen to your heart and you follow what your heart tells you you're passionate about, you will click with as in, you will do that. So, but at the same time, that will lead you to other people who are also passionate right. about the same thing. For sure. Yeah. Okay. No, so I want to share this story of my audition, which was like the first. Yeah. Okay. So so, this was the first time like in in English drama it was an actual play. So up to this time, I had not been in a single play before. Mm. I had not had any um chance to to be part of a like proper production. Yeah, production. Yeah. So. Yeah, so this one, right, I remember I flipped a coin, you know, like, because I couldn't decide whether I wanted to do it or not. Um, Like, okay, the, now looking back, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't at that point. I, I couldn't tell whether I wanted to do it or not. Okay. So I flipped the coin, and then I, and I was like, okay, hit, I audition. Tails, I don't audition. Then I landed on Tails, and then my heart sank. And then the moment my heart sank, you knew. I knew that, oh, that I actually wanted to do this. Oh, that is amazing. We're going to cut this out and put it in a snippet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was when I knew that, okay, I want to do this. Because I think growing up, I prioritized so much of, everything was, was head knowledge. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I did things according to what I thought was good. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you always have that very cliche thing where you're torn between your head and your yeah, heart, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, so that whole time it was just head, 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 head all the time. Yeah, so so Rationalizing it, right? Like, my studies are most important. Yeah. I cannot take time to perform, whatever. Yes. Mm. And like, oh, your performing will not get you anywhere. So that was the first time I realized, oh, I actually want to do this. And then I went for the audition and then I got a small role, but I was really happy that I got it. And um, I think from there, I slowly built my confidence, both in dance and in drama. I eventually stopped dancing to focus on drama. And then I had the, I had the, the confidence to like audition for more roles and, sure. and was given more like significant roles. Cool. So that was how it developed. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Like that's kind of like a defining or transition moment where you kind of realize that, hey, you know, I following my heart is something that could be useful because all along I've just been using my brain and rationalizing my passion away. Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing about flipping a coin, right? And then in, when it's mm-hmm. in the air, you know actually what you want to do. But for okay, you, for me, your house is It's like, what's the point of flipping yeah. a coin, man? I'm just going to do it anyway. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Okay, so after that, you know, after that, how did it develop? And I'm sure that's not the ending, right? There's a lot of struggles mm. after that as well. It's not like you, you've found your passion and okay, everything is smooth. So that after that, right, you know, in A-levels, I know so that was a stressful period for you. So while you were mm-hmm. performing, you know, while you were ex- kind of exploring your passion, deepening your passion, right? Mm. How was your kind of mindset What's mm. your grades and towards your studies? Oh, I was still super duper focused on my grade because it's A levels. Mm. Yeah. The fact that I didn't take O levels and A levels was my first major exam after like PSLE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so stressed throughout JC. And for me, I really saw again, I, I still didn't see drama as a career path. I always saw it as something that relaxed me, something that I had fun with. Okay. And so I remember even um, before we started choosing our subject combinations for J1, right? Mm. There was this, because uh, in VG, they allow you to take a contrasting subject, uh, take TSD, theater studies, as a contrasting subject. But I remember I was deciding between, <clears throat> I was deciding between geography and econs as my contrasting subject because I went to the science stream. Uh, I took B, C, M, and then I was like deciding here G or E. Right. And I didn't even consider taking TSD. Because it, to me, it's just like, yeah, I was like, huh, but I'm, yeah, I'm a science no student, how can, I, how can I even do drama? And I remember I had this slide, like, like there was, uh, we had some talks before we were to choose our subject combination. So one of the talks was the TSD talk, like to go there and learn what will you learn in theater studies. Mm. And I remember I had like me, a small part of me was like, should I go for it? Like, nobody's going with me, I'll be the only one from the class, I don't even go there. I just, I just excluded it like that, you know? You just threw it out the door. <laughs> you abandoned yeah. your passion. Yeah, no, to me, it wasn't even something that, that I could study. Like, to me, it wasn't even something that I should be studying because my yeah. brain was so still focused on science, 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 science. Right, right. Like, okay. science is a prestigious thing. Mm. <laughs> okay. So that was you, that so, was you, JC, just doing <clears throat> science, differentiating math equations, balancing chemical equations. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how was the experience for you? It was not the best for me. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not the best for me also. I know we were both like, traumatized by the same A-levels and the yeah, same yeah, A-levels yeah. sent our past on like <laughs> yeah yeah we're the same age by the way you know we took the same A-levels yeah yeah, yeah. so that was, that was quite fascinating but I mean how do you cope so I mean so far we haven't really talked about more of like coping and more about dealing with stress right but like during that mm-hmm. period what was your coping mechanisms or how did you kind of deal with that I really coped by I think my time in the drama club really helped to really uh, mm. release relieve some of the stress, and by we're talking about like stress, I I don't think I did a very good job of dealing with it. I was so okay. stressed to the end, and if there was anything to help me deal with it, it was it was my CCA. Mm. Um, okay. I know there are some moments when I was studying that I would get like panic attacks. Okay, but I don't think it was a full blown like, Yeah, movie. I don't think it was a. Okay. Panic attack. Like I, I didn't have difficulty breathing or what, but I was just suddenly like, ah, like I, w- I would get so in my head of, of about planning a study schedule. Yeah. And then, to the point where I would be like, okay, no, but I have to make use of every single moment of my time, even if, yeah. it, and it got down to even planning like, like okay, I cannot, um, like okay, on this train ride, 
I need to uh, take this, study this chapter oh yes, or whatever. Because yeah, to, I relate to that. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. I relate to that. Every single moment must be re- revising. <laughs> yes. If not, it's like, it's like time wasted. Yes. On the train, okay, I can cover these two topics. Yeah. Then, huh, and then I would, I would, I really started getting like, I, 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 I'm not sure, but I think looking back at it, I think this was a depressive moment because I really got so bogged down in the details of, I, I planned this schedule and then the, the thing about me is that I, yeah. I didn't write out the schedule. I just planned it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> then after that, we're like, no, wait, but why did I put this subject here again? Then I got so frustrated with me trying to remember the reason <laughs> for me putting that subject at that time slot. <laughs> then I'm, like, I'm right, just right. wasting time. I could just spend that time studying. Yeah, yeah. And then you get more but it's just, okay. Correct. It's a lot of these, like, it- because I think there was, there was so many things to study okay. and... I wasn't studying things that I like studying. Right. Okay, but I know one of the, uh, how I relieve, one of the, the simplest ways I got to relieve that was, I would bring my dog out, okay. and then I would like skip, <laughs> I would skip down my corridor, sure. and then my dog would just like, run along beside me, okay. and I would release my stress like, through all this, like so? by skipping, skipping, right. not, not the skipping rope, uh, yeah, I know, by you mean bar- skipping <laughs> Yeah, I know. There was yeah, that was how I, I relieved like oh, like, I, I there was an instant way of like getting rid of some of the stress. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a point, right? Like, for students who are stressed as well, like having these disruptors, or times where you kind of take a break, whether it's in music, mm-hmm. exercise, like performing in your case, or just taking a walk with your dog, like don't underestimate mm-hmm. these things, uh, because they're actually really important. Like even now for me, like running a business, right? There's sometimes where I get too caught up in my head, like you said, overthinking. Like it would just help mm-hmm. you just go for a run. Because when when you do these things also, like you know, there's endorphins, like, you know, being released and you feel yeah. happier. So if you're listening to this and you're stressed, please do take breaks once in a while. Okay, it'll be good for you. Try try <laughs> skipping, like really, really like <laughs> I don't know why it's a new technique, away. skipping. <laughs> Yeah. Skipping made me feel happy and, and by skip, right, I don't mean like I don't mean like a lame like just skip. I mean like you really put all your energy into jumping as high yeah. as you can with every skip. Okay. I mm-hmm. okay, it worked for me. I'm, I'm not sure if it worked for you, but you can try. Worth a shot. Yeah. Worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice. Okay, so I think I think those things kinda helped you and then so you eventually kinda pulled through your your A levels. I mean you did decently in your A levels. No, but I did beyond- terrible. <laughs> Okay, um, that's, it's relative, it's all relative, right? We're going to go there. In, in okay. my opinion, I think we did decently, but in, in, in oh. general, the whole of Singapore is always relative. <laughs> but, but what I was okay. going to go next is that, like, um, you know, after the A-levels, when you perhaps felt they didn't meet expectations, that was another period where you had to deal with your emotions, right? During that period, mm-hmm. was it? And how um, did you... Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, okay, I, a, a big part of how I dealt with the stress, especially, I'm going to go back check a bit, okay, especially sure. up to A-levels, yeah. was, because uh, you asked if I could talk about, if I want to talk about Maybe. this, right? So, I oh, think yes, this yes, was yes. the period, yeah, this was the period that things happened along the way. My mom got introduced to to Christianity and then she was going for this, um, she was going for this, this, what do you call it? This cell group and lunch. And then mm-hmm. she had some of her friends come over, pray for the house, pray for me while I was studying, sure. introduced me to praying, like gave me some Bible verses to to look on, and then I think that was also how I dealt with some of the stress. Right. And yeah, so um, I would say that I had this huge, like sort of paradigm shift that occurred between completing my A levels and getting my A level results, and I think it was very lucky that it occurred at that point, cause I was introduced to to God and then right. um, yeah I, I think I got baptized before then also sure yeah, yeah I started going to church then I got baptized uh, before I got baptized in oh, February that, received A-level results in March yeah that, right that was that was after you went for youth camp is it? correct like, during that yeah. period uh, okay, so, okay understand. yeah so I went for youth camp then then I started going to, to church more often mm. then Start a Bible study more and then Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. we can explore that a bit, you know. Like even though mm. you might be of a different faith, right? Growing up I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed listening to people of different faiths and understanding like how that has helped them, how that has given mm. them solace as well. Because it is a paradigm shift and we need something to ground us in. So I think there's no harm in, in sharing your personal faith and you know, as long as you're not putting down other people, 
you know, so we can okay. definitely explore that, like, you know, like, for you, what was, what was that paradigm shift, like, if you could describe it, like, what was it like, is it that, that you know, I, my world is no longer dependent on all these factors? Yeah, it was, it was more of my future is not determined by the grades that I have, or rather, my future is in God's hands. And I remember like the day before I collected my A-level results, I posted this Facebook status saying that um, something along the lines of whatever results I get tomorrow, I know that this is the first step in living out what God has for me. Mm. So, okay, but that being said, right, when I collected my A-level results, I still... Yeah, man, oh, oh, oh. Oh. I guess God, you I guess not. <laughs> Let me... <laughs> so, like... I mean, okay, even though that being said, I had that mentality, but when you receive your A-level results, it is not what you expect. Obviously, you would... Like my first reaction was to burst into tears. And then I remember, through bursting into tears, right, my math teacher came over and then she like, kind of hugged me a bit. And through my tears while I was crying, I was like, because I know that this is what God has for me. Okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be laughing, but... Okay. No, but that was... Yeah, yeah, that, that was me like, like... I was like in so much in so much pain, but then I, I kind of still held on to that faith that right. that yeah. I, I mean I was also trying to convince myself that, that okay yeah. God I don't want to do very badly but I know this is what you want to do for me okay. yeah but things have worked out you don't look at yeah. where you are now exactly mm-hmm. like if I wanted to if I did well in A levels I'm probably going to science or like I'll be like oh I need to spend my time in a science lab and oh my gosh I, I would not be happy. Mm. In, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a lab yeah yeah and I think I think just a small point right? I think life is meant to be lived forward but understood backwards mm-hmm. you know sometimes you don't understand things until like in hindsight but the fact that it's really happened uh, you know and we can only move mm-hmm. forward and kind of chart the path from there so I'm, I think I'm just glad that to hear your story like, you know through the struggle and and you know, doing. I mean, it must be tough because like we invest so much emotional energy and effort into your A levels, and you are being conditioned that that's your life, right? Your future depends mm-hmm. on it. And in that moment when you receive it, it's like, ah, oh, man, all my effort is wasted. You know, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my life. So it must have been tough, lah. But you know, like I said, with pain there always comes power, like, With pain there always comes clarity. So and also, yeah, because, yeah. Hmm. Go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. I, I think what also helped was before receiving the results, I already knew that in my heart, I wasn't going to go for a career in life sciences. Mm. So I think that helped. That just, that just kind of like confirmed my, my thoughts. So it's again going back to the what my heart tells me. Because I remember growing up, I, I don't know if you can relate to this as well, because I know yeah, you yourself also found your identity in getting good grades, right? And yeah, like yeah, doing well in school. Yeah. And then I know growing up, my relatives always ask me, what do you want to do in the future? And then because my best subject was always bio, then I was just, okay, I, I'll probably do something since bio is my best subject. I guess I'll have to do a career in bio. So I always say, oh, life sciences. Okay. Life sciences. Then I just did it so so often that it just got in my head. Like, okay, I'll I, I do life sciences. And then um, after A-levels ended, my school had this. I was very privileged to, to be in a school where they type us with internships to do after your levels. So I remember looking at the list of internships and looking at all the bio stuff and I was like, mm, mm, why does this not excite me? Then I looked down at the media and theatre stuff and then like, I felt a surge of excitement. I was like, huh? Well, that's, huh? A, that's good. You know, that's another indication of like your heart telling you or your spirit kind of telling Correct. you. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember I told... <clears throat> I was on my way to econ tuition. <laughs> that was a thing. And then my mother told me, I, I know I had this conversation with my mom when she told me that like, I'd rather, even if you're good in bio, right, or I'd rather you do something that makes you happy. Mm. And I told her that I don't think I'll be happy doing bio. And then I, I think I'll be more happy pursuing media. Like, okay, again, uh, the, the drama thing still didn't go into my mind yet. I was like, okay, media, 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 media. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy. Like, I think communications, like maybe, you know, journalism, the media, yeah. is something where I'm headed more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you applied it, you applied and then you got in. 
So that well, was how I applied to Wikimwi. Wikimwi, and you got in, right? So we, yeah, because we, also because Wikimwi came to my school to give a talk, and nice. that's how I knew of the existence of the school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just even for listeners, right? Wikimwi is actually a communication school in NTU. So like I went there as well. Like I'm actually uh, Tiara's junior. So yeah. um, that's a nice school. Uh. I mean, it was a lot of place, a lot of opportunities for us to explore our passions, and uh, of course, my company now is for my funding project as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, for you as well, I'm sure you and a lot of some theater performances, right? We have to to kind of speed up the podcast a little bit. Okay, but, okay, okay, okay. But no worries. I would definitely still want to understand uh, you to share about your life in, in uni. So you transitioned mm-hmm. into uni, right? And I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So share share with us like how did that? How was your uni experience like? What was your focus, and how did you, you know, finally decide? Okay, performing is for me. <laughs> Um, okay, so in, okay, honestly, I found that uni was probably, like, the best time, best studying time, because you compare, like, right, you agree, right? Agree, fully agree. Studying 4H2, yeah, 4H2, no, with JC, eh, wow, it's like, A-levels was the most studying I ever did, compared to A-levels, uni was, like, a breeze. It is, it is, it's crazy. (laughs) It's really, I don't take our word for it, we are in comms, I don't don't take our word for it. Comms is a bit different. We came from science, and then we went into communication, so it's, it's very, very different. Um, okay. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we, and also, the, the good thing was that we didn't have the grades were not fully dependent on one exam. Yeah. yeah which is what I really didn't like about education system that everything was dependent on one exam, uh, as in the A level thing. Mm. Then, um, but I really like that in uni, everything was split up into like projects, into assignments, that kind of thing. Mm. And you had the freedom of choosing. Um, you really, really had a lot of a lot more freedom of choosing what you wanted to yeah. study as long as you fulfill a certain quota. Mm. So, yeah. So by then, I think I really just I followed the followed my heart lot throughout uni. I just I just picked the things that I like the the, the modules that I like doing, mm. and <clears throat> I realized that I was more inclined to the more performative side, mm. like like media presentation, um, acting and directing. Even sure. though I didn't do acting and directing, but I really really wanted to get into that module. But I I I. Some, I Something happened, I couldn't get in because there were too many people or something. Okay. Um, when I went on exchange, I found myself choosing all the theatre modules as my electives. Um, because NTU allowed us to take drama minors, I found myself taking a drama minor. So again, it was totally just following my heart. Mm. And I realised that, oh shit, <laughs> I actually want to do performing instead. Nice. Okay. And, yes, and it also, I also realised this because in the middle of uni, I was auditioning. I, I, I decided to... To, since I had relatively more free time on my hands to audition for outside stuff like acting projects to develop myself in this area that I was passionate in. And then I remember doing a show with some LaSalle musical theatre kids and I realised that, oh shit, musical theatre is a thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a cause yeah. and I really, really enjoy it. Sure. I was like, oh no, why didn't, I, why didn't I know about this cause before? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then I was like, oh, I asked my mom, do you think I can transfer to LaSalle? <laughs> and then, but this was already like, Two years into Wikimi, and she's like, "You really have with your uni? Did you just finish it?" So, so okay, like, So I finished it while still trying my best to do drama at the same time. Sure. Yeah. You were involved in some theater productions as well, right? for school and yeah. Everything. In school, yeah. outside of school, I auditioned more. Yeah. So I think quick point projects. for our listeners, right? Like for like you get you just need to explore, la. I mean, even for me as well, like to find where to what I want to do now and kind of focus and double mm-hmm. down on it. I went through a lot of exploration as well. You know, just doing random stuff, hosting, hosting kids' birthday parties, being a clown. Yes. You know, doing training in schools. So exploration is really important. Like, you really put yourself out there. Um, don't judge yourself too much. Don't have too much fear of failure or fear of being rejected. Just get out there and do stuff. And I know that you also face... Um, I want to ask you this, right? Because I know you auditioned for a couple of roles. For a period of time, you were auditioning at different places and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find... Uh, work gigs to do right how is that experience like yeah. was there any fear of rejection fear of failure whatever you just like you know what i'm just gonna put myself out there and let it happen <laughs> let it happen um of course as a freelance uh, actor i was a freelance actor at this point in time and then mm. the, it, rejection just comes with a job um you just get turned down so many times you audition and then on a lot of times it's nothing to do with you it's it's more on the look that the client is going for the production house is going for like it could be because, uh, let's say we're supposed to be a family, I don't look enough like that guy, then I don't get casted just because I don't look enough like that guy. Then that's beyond my control, right? That kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> I, I do think that 
there's a need to do things that make you, that scare you, that make you feel uncomfortable, because that's how you grow. Um, okay, taking on jobs that you're like, oh, no, I don't know whether I can do this. But yeah. then, and you know it's going to be difficult for you to do it. But then you just do it anyway. Right. So that was, that was the, for me, it was one, because I needed the money. And also because I just wanted to grow. Because yeah. I, I didn't want to just back out of things because they seem uncomfortable to me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah. huge, that's a huge point. Like, do whatever scares you, right? If you stay in your comfort zone, you will never grow your skills, nor your influence, mm-hmm. nor your ability. And then a lot of people, they just stay there because of the fear of rejection, you know, the fear of failure. Um, but I mean, if you have any tip for people like this, right? Like, they, they, in their heart, they want to do something just like you, but they have a fear of rejection. How do you, any advice to overcome it? Mm, I don't know if, I think fear can come from a lot of different places. So apart from it just being rejection, it could also be the fear of it being uncomfortable or fear that you won't be good enough yeah. or fear that you'll be judged, right? And mm-hmm. I think the thing is you have to accept that you are not going to be amazing at everything that you try for the first time. Mm. and there will definitely be discomfort and rough patches for you to go through and I guess accepting that accepting that it's gonna be uncomfortable okay but if you don't do it or if you don't even try then you never know how far you can go it's like preparing yourself mentally to know that you're not in denial about the work or the uncomfort right you know you know Mm -hmm. that the uncomfort is coming but at the same mm-hmm. time, you also have this inner voice that says, maybe I can get it done. I have the ability to grow out of my comfort zone and kind of face it uh, and then become better. Yeah, so... Exactly. And you won't know until you try. If you try it, you realize that, shit, this is really, really not for me. You know, next time you don't do it. Yeah. But if you don't know, you never know. I mean, if you don't do it, you never know. Yeah. Right. Great. I mean, that's great advice for people. Okay, so taking the advice, of course, you know, you different places and eventually... Um, we come to the final part of the podcast, which is, you know, your time in SGAG. You know, I know yeah. that maybe it's supposed to talk about that because, you know, people uh, know you from, I mean, a lot of people listening to this podcast would probably know you from SGAG. And so how did you start in SGAG? What was that? How do you apply? You know, how do you get in? Um, how did... Okay, so when I was freelance acting, there was this point in time where I realized it. I can go for every single casting call and try my best to um, support my income. But I realized that I really wasn't making enough to survive. Mm. And then I saw that uh, actually one of my friends that I worked with on another theater production told me that SGAG was hiring. I I decided like, you know, since it's a full-time thing Mm. and they're looking for people who can write and who can act and who can direct, um, why not give it a go? Because it allows me to not just be a mouthpiece for other people. I think I've said this before. As, as a freelance actor, you, when you're auditioning for other people, you never get to... It's never your work. It's never right, your work. Right, right. You're just yeah. performing you, one. Right. Correct. You never get a say in what is what is the message that's being delivered. But I really, really like um, how in SGAG you... Because they don't... You don't get to just be an actor. You have to have something else. No one is a single role in SGAG. We're all doubling up to do all that and then earn a regular income is a full-time job. I'm like, I found, I, I don't know, like, why not? Just just, just apply law, like, yeah, see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, because it solved all my problems. Like, it yeah. allowed me to continue doing what I love and it still gave me regular income. Cool. Yeah. So it's a good thing. it could shut, now. like, all my relatives up, you know, when, when they ask me, what are you doing there? Like, oh, oh freelancing, freelancing, then they like, <laughs> they make money, man? Yeah, wouldn't that cause them to make more noise? Huh, that, that meme company? No, but then you but tell them people don't know, right? Legit, yeah, but I tell them it's a legit company. Yeah, it's yeah, a full-time exactly. job. Yeah. So, it's so like, I thought that is to really, you can shut them up already, lah. Okay. So nice. <laughs> right, so you applied it and then you got it. And just to clarify, mm-hmm. right, even for some listeners, uh, SGAG is not just a meme-making company. You know? They don't just make yeah. videos for fun. <laughs> even though they have a lot of fun doing it, but um, they don't make it for just for fun. You know, they're companies that, first content marketing, uh, so companies that uh, pay them to create content and kind of promote their products subtly as well. And that's how they get compensated. 
And they've grown now. The company has grown. Is I think how many people are there now? Full time? 70, 80? 50, 50 to 60, I think. 50, 60, yeah. I mean, around there. 50 like, the last time I asked. Yeah, yeah. SME, I mean, they do a couple million of revenue a year probably. So it's, it's a big company, by the way, guys. It's not just me making. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about this, right? So you went into SGAC, right? And then uh, you, mm-hmm. were, you, be, you are a content strategist, which means that you direct, you write, you perform, you act. Mm-hmm. as well in a lot of the videos were there any initial concerns before you started like like jitters like before you the first day of the job you know was there any concerns definitely like um i was very concerned that i wasn't suitable for a certain role mm-hmm. because i never played it before or okay. like if i write something what if this is not funny mm. um i think the, the the stress, more of the stress came from when you are a face on the video and then when you're a new face and um, I used to get, yeah, I, w- I would get these like negative comments and I used to be very, very, very concerned about comments because that was the first time that I could receive direct feedback. Okay. But then for this one, it's like you put a video out there, you can immediately see yeah, the responses that it's getting yeah. from the comments. And yeah. I remember like, I think I was quite self-conscious of, of how I looked. And then I was like, ah, shit. I, I, know, I was getting comments on my looks. And I was like, oh, but I can't help it, right? If I'm born like this. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I, I was like, why can't people see me for my skills and not my looks? You know? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty, like, like for me, I'm, I'm, my, my acting skills is something that I'm, I'm quite proud of. Because I'm still working on, but it's something that I do yeah. pride myself on. And so, yeah, that, that was... I think being very worried about what people thought of me. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough, like, It's just people like in the comments yeah. and the things that they kind of look at. So, like, how did that? Like, how do you overcome that like, eventually? Uh, I think it, it comes with practice. Like after a while, you you kind of get numb to it, and then after a while, um, I feel like you have to let the work speak for itself. Sort of. Okay. If people, like, after a while, after I did more roles, um, I think people saw the value in, in my acting sure. and less in my appearance. So I was, I was uh, getting, like, like good feedback okay. that, was, that, was, that, that showed that the work I did was in the right direction. Lah. And um, also the, the, negative, the negative feedback thing and being very concerned about, about going through the comments and stuff. After a while... You get used to it. After for me, like, after a while I got used to it. After a while, I didn't really care about looking at the comments anymore. Also, like one point you brought up about focusing on your work, right? Letting your work speak yes. for itself. That's a huge yeah. point. Like I really respect you for that. You know, despite the criticism, whatever, despite the, the nasty comments, mm-hmm. right? You still stuck by your work. You keep going. And then now, yeah, I mean all the videos you produce are so creative and so entertaining and the, the different personas you put up. It's not easy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not a persona you put up, right? It's obviously not you. You <laughs> things that is like really, really out of your, your comfort zone in that sense. Uh. Yeah. In fact, in fact, based on that, I want to transition to the next question, right? Like, do you have fear like, you know, I can't pull this role off, especially the more difficult ones? You know, like recently, the one you did with Mark, right? You play a different... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just some things that you usually don't say. And uh, even oh. things like flirting with uh, Brightman. That was a funny video. Yes. Right, but how do you, yeah, no, I want to know your thought process. Like, do you go into these videos like, with fear or you just ask, oh, okay, who's going to do it? I, I think um, for me as an actor, it's easier to do things over the top. So, um, okay, as an, as an actor, because all these things are comedic roles, right? And you know you're doing it for comedy. It's, for me, it's, it's really easy to be gross in a comedic way. <laughs> but then like okay but if let's say it was a straight play so it was a, a, it's a play that is not on SGAG okay. it's in real life and then I have to flirt with someone like genuinely right. and I have to be vulnerable with someone that is where the challenge comes in okay yeah so it's the I realized that um, I don't know if this is good or bad but, but I think the roles on SGAG don't really require you to be that vulnerable because sure, it's, it's all kind of lighthearted. Smart. yeah Okay. Yeah, so I would say more of my acting challenges come from the the stage stuff, yeah, or like the mm. yeah the more serious, like if the if the tone is very serious and and more like yeah yeah dark kind of yeah heavy stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
but I mean, but it's still difficult, right? So props to you for pulling a lot of them off with such plan. You know, and, then, and of course, people do do give good feedback about that as well. Um, and, and one thing I want to touch on is also the culture of SGA, right? Like what, what I found, mm-hmm. I mean, seeing through your stories and also your cast members, right? Yeah, story. Despite the kind of success that you all have, right? You all seem to be so down to earth. And like just helping each other out, just, just enjoying life. That's, that is so like inspiring, you know? Like you go to work and you just can have fun and just make videos. I mean, I know it's not all yeah. easy, but you know, I'm going to share about that. Like, is that, is that something you're grateful for? Yes, I'm like super, super, super thankful for my colleagues. Mm. Like, I don't think I've ever been in a workplace where I can come in and then I just click with them on the, on such a similar wavelength. So mm. that was actually something I was worried about before joining XGET. I was like, oh no, what if... I find it very hard to click with them because mm. we are like vibing on different frequencies. But no, I came in and I was like, oh, my dudes are all like my people. And then, <laughs> I remember, okay. um, yeah, I, I remember the, the first time I, and it's like not, not just the cast members, people who are not my cast members, uh, like my managers, the, the first few weeks in SGAC, I remember tweeting, I told you right, Twitter was my safe space. Yeah. Like, like, because now my Facebook, everybody added me on Facebook because in SGAC, people add you on Facebook and people follow sure. you on Instagram like the second you join the company. So yeah. I was like, okay, Twitter, I was like, how is everyone in my company so nice? Right. How did, how are all these nice people all in one place? Because I, I think I, I had some uh, uh, previous like, work experience where, where I, I, I had to deal with yeah, people. Yeah, like, really, yeah. yeah, and so I really, really appreciated yeah. the fact that I, I, I could click with all these, yeah. all these people. And, you, and you're right, they are very... Yeah, hilarious. Well. I mean, all of them are hilarious. I think my favourite is, is Shah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pronounced, pronounced is Shah, right? Yeah, it's pronounced okay, Shah. Okay, yeah, but yeah, she's so hilarious. <laughs> a TikTok hey, video. Shah's got a fan! Yeah! No, yes. she has so many fans. Shah is a TikTok queen. I mean, of course, of course <laughs> after you, I mean, I cannot... You are still my favourite. No, no, man. It's after, okay, man. It's after okay, you, it's, okay. it's, it's her because she's far. Her TikTok is so funny. And then recently <laughs> she did her... What was it like the the Hari Raya video, right? What's the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hari Raya songs. Yeah, the Raya song. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, okay. I'm just I'm just laughing thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, Get a much, fan, uh, boy, Sha. yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that you know the people there are, are so humble and and you know they just vibe with you like. That's why I think you'll create great content because there's a synergy as well. Okay, cool. Um, well, I think we are gonna wind down a little bit. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, what else do I need to ask you? Okay, so I think you really talked about dealing with pressure, right? About just focusing on your craft, and then of course your your group mate, as in your your colleagues, also help you. I mean, like you were saying, right? It's not just a singular person's effort. So when you go in a video, yes. everyone is together, you know, on the job focusing on it. So if one person, uh, if it doesn't do well, if it does well, everyone kind of in it together, mm. and that kind of helps uh, deal with the pressure. Correct. So there's like, I, I'm always worried. Like, I mean, I, I'll i be worried that uh, what, what if this is not funny enough or, or what if people don't like this video? But I know that whatever work that I'm doing, right, there will always be someone else who is helping me. So even if I'm not, even, even if I find that, okay, this script really sucks. Like a lot of times in my wow, my first draft wow, is very, very terrible. Mm. It sucks. I don't even know how I wrote this. I need to find someone who can help me. And right. the, thing, the good thing is that we have colleagues, we have script approvers who can help us. Mm. And you can always, I feel like this is a very important thing. Like you cannot work in a silo. Yeah. You have to always seek help from people who are better at the thing that you're doing mm. than you are so that they can help you. And also so that you can improve your skills. Right. I know I used to be, I used to do this thing where I would be very like precious about my process. Sure. I will keep, I would I have a lot of pride about it. I don't want to show people what I'm doing. Until it's ready. Yeah. But but I think being an SGAG taught me that you need feedback from people as part of the process. You sure. can't wait until it's done and then you show and then you get that. Yeah. That and let that be your first round of feedback. I cool. I think it's better to suffer the ugh, like when you yeah, receive yeah, feedback yeah. like you feel like a stab in the heart, right? It's better yeah. to suffer that early in the process. Then. Yeah. Well, that's a huge point, like a paradigm shift as well. Like a lot of people, right, even in school students, right, they, 
mm-hmm. they very find it very difficult to ask for help because of certain ego or because of certain things. Even for myself, right? Like sometimes it's just like you said, uh, it's just your work and you don't want anyone to comment on it. You want to protect mm-hmm. it with, all, with everything you've yeah. got. Um, yeah. but, but I think a huge leverage actually comes from working with other people. Like you said, people are smarter than you, people who have more pers- mm-hmm. different perspectives. And it really does help. Like, even for my working life, I've found that that's a huge point as well. You just got to let go of your ego and, and just uh, you know, let, other people, let other people help you as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, before we close for today, mm-hmm. we are going to have a special surprise segment just for you, Tiara. Okay. It's going to be an SGAT questionnaire. And you're going <laughs> to test your knowledge of the, of the company that you work for. <laughs> you're going to expose. Is you're going to expose. Or you're going to get a promotion. Are you oh, ready? I'm so sorry. Coming in advance. If I answer this wrongly. Okay, yes. First question. What was the first meme that put Asgate on the map? The curry sauce on my McDonald's van of curry sauce. Okay, very correct. What yep. are the founders' names? Can I even say, okay, Adrian Ang and Karl Marx? <laughs> yes. Of yes, course, you say okay. it's, on, it's, it's online. Just go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay, how many main cast members does Asgate have? Let me pull up the chat group so that I can go and hey, count. Hey, cannot lah. That's more than 10 seconds really. Okay, Phil. Okay, fine. It's about 11 right now. There's about 11 around there. I don't, okay, okay, that's correct. Is it 11? Sorry, I don't know. Is it 11? I don't know the answer, Tiara. I was going to... Okay, whatever okay. answer you're saying, I was going to say is correct. So <laughs> Alright, next question. According to SGAG's website, how many Singaporeans does SGAG reach every week? I don't even look at our website. Nice. Exposed. Nobody, nobody <laughs> goes to our website. Like, you just look yeah. at our uh, yeah, Facebook, okay, Instagram. <laughs> it's marketed at 6.5 million. What per week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> really cool, huh? Okay, you, 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 yeah, your videos are thanks. seen by thousands, even millions of people. Okay. Thanks for next, me. <laughs> next question. How many released episodes are there on Guide the, Guide the Gundu? Seven, I think. Okay, the answer is ten. Oh, ten! Okay. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> you appeared in a video where you learned how to fly from Pek Hong Hua. You remember the guy? I love him, by the way. Yes! What is... Yes. In the video, he taught you something, okay? What is one nautical mile in kilometers? Is it 1.25? Don't disappoint Pek Hong Hua. <laughs> You disappointed him, Gremlin. It's 1.85 km. Okay, I think I got a 1 and a 5 correct. Okay, great. You get <laughs> one quarter mark for that. Okay, next question. You just, wow. You next really question. look through all my okay, videos. You, Not bad. What's your most, I did my homework, okay? What's your most viral video? Is it the menu life on the drink store auntie one? I don't think, I don't think it might be that one. If divorces were celebrated, like oh, this, that was the most viral one. I could be wrong, lah. I mean, they had a lot of likes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, this one has two point one million views. Okay. It's, it's okay, let me check the drink store empty one. Come on, please be right. Oh yeah, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> the one oh. No, wait, 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 wait. I like there's another one. There's so one. much in my life. No, 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 no. no. No, there's another one, there's another one. I remember okay, another okay, one had more can... than 2.1 million views, okay, which is a Cinderella one. Okay, you check that one. Okay. 2.1 million for the win. Yeah, no, I'm right. Okay, Cinderella, if the Cinderella video had 4.2 million views. Oh, damn. That's almost double. Oh, well, yeah. I was close. <laughs> I was close. It's the second most viral video. I was, yeah, I was, I was even lower than you <laughs> with my yeah, guess. Yeah. Okay, so, last question. In that video. Oh, by the way, I wrote both scripts. Sorry, just yes, a little yes, bit I of patting myself on the shoulder here. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Fantastic. In the video, what was used as a podium? A table? No, it's it not a, sh- a table. It was a shoe rack. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, that was oh, so long many... ago. I don't okay, I, 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 lost, I lost track of your points. But you got most of them correct. So yes, fantastic. <laughs> I forgot that I think this you're a good SGAG ambassador. 
and personality. Yay! You hear that, Xiaoming? It's time for a race. Just saying. Yeah, it's okay, I, I know this is shout COVID. Out, shout out to Xiaoming as well. He seems like a very, he seems like a very good boss, I must say. He seems like a really genuine person. I mean, behind all his, his, his funny jokes and laughter, he's, I'm sure he's a really capable entrepreneur. You know, to be able to scale, mm-hmm. scale as get as one million, one million likes, right? Definitely. On Facebook recently. Oh yeah, one million yeah recently. Cool. And he's so, still he's still is the one who is approving some of our ideas, right. and like I find that yeah I learned a lot from him though. a lot of things yeah. I still don't know and he still like tells me you know what this thing you should have seen before and like oh yeah sure, sure. I'm still learning a lot from him. Yeah, that's amazing, and I and I wish you and SG all the best. I hope you'll continue to. I know that you'll continue to entertain and bring joy and laughter to a lot of Singaporeans. You know, some people actually look forward to it after a long day of work. So you guys are really doing meaningful, <laughs> meaningful. Work. Yep. Thank you. Welcome. And I think you're also doing a lot of meaningful work with your, with your business. I mean, it, it says so in the title already. Yep. Like you're teaching people to rebound with resilience. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do enjoy what I do and I'm also pretty grateful. Uh. So just like you, our struggles also became, you know, kind of stuff that used to empower us now. Yep. Yeah. So, it's, good. it's cool. Okay, great. Uh, so I think we've come to the end of this podcast. Before we end, just a final, uh, final. I always ask my guests this question before they leave. What mm-hmm. does resilience mean to you? Um, I think resilience is knowing knowing that it's okay to take some downtime and allowing yourself to have that downtime um, but also having that downtime so that it can strengthen you back up again. Mm. Yeah, so it's, I think a lot of people kind of mistake it for, oh, resilience is, you don't even, you shouldn't even feel beaten Sad. down. But of course, if humans, you're all humans, you confirm feel beaten down. So I think it's, it's knowing that it's okay to be down. Sure. It's okay to, yeah. But also, of course, bouncing back up. So. Yeah, I love, I love that. You know, resilience I always share with, with students or anyone that asks, right? Resilience doesn't mean being positive all the time. Resilience mm-hmm. means learning how to leverage your negativity, learning how to deal with that. And, yes. Right, right. And, um, you know, even the definition of resilience, right, is the ability to overcome failure and setbacks. So in order to develop resilience, failure is a key variable. Mm-hmm. Now, without failure, you will never develop resilience. So I think your, your, your definition and meaning is, is good. It's pretty meaningful. All right, we have come to the end of the podcast. You can find Tiara mm. on Instagram and Facebook if you are not already following her. And Instagram, yes, Facebook Instagram usually is just like for people I know. <laughs> okay, okay, Instagram yeah. then. Uh, follow yes, her on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> and thank you so much once again for being part of this podcast. This is our longest podcast so far. And it's been a but pleasure. But people won't know until you edit it, you know? You can edit and, it how short you want. Probably put... I mean, it's so good that I want to put most of it in. So, okay. so yes, <laughs> it's going to be the longest podcast ever. And it was a oh, pleasure no, speaking to you. And uh, with you that, too. we wish Tiara all the best. Till the end, till the next podcast, I'll see you guys. Say bye, Tiara. Say bye to our few listeners. Bye. This is all right, bye. Conversation in seven years. Bye. bye. The five of you listening bye. to this. Goodbye. I hope you, have, hope you benefit from it. See ya.